With me in the studio, I have a very inspiring woman named Pat Robbins, who has been a constant presence in the New Zealand film industry, actually a female presence, which is more important. Since the 1970s, she has been writing and directing her own projects since the 1980s, and she was part of the Blurter Legacy, which spawned some of New Zealand's best creative talent. And she is a great-grandmother. Awesome. <laughs> Pat, um, and now through massive support from friends and family, she's on a quest for funding to direct a new film called Food for Thought. Pat Robbins, welcome to B-Side Stories on Access Radio. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great. Now, the film is based on a book which I haven't read called The Assassin Bug by Sue McCauley. What was it about this book that sparked your imagination so um, much? Well, it was actually, in actual fact a short story written right. by Sue McCauley. Um, now, in actual fact, the idea, I heard about the idea before she wrote the story many years ago. Um, I was working with Sue on another project. And she told me the little key incident that is the centre of the ah. story. And it was always there in the back of my mind, this would make a great film. But then, you know, things changed. And then we came back to it again. And I thought, actually, this would be perfect for a short film. It's funny. It's a little bit dark. And yeah. Sue's got a wicked sense of humour. So, you know. And uh, that's where we went with it. Great. Well, now I'm really intrigued. Um, so now you are a great grandmother and you've had many years of experience working on others' films and your own. Why are you still so driven to direct a film at this stage in your life? Well, there's all sorts of reasons why you want to do it. I mean, um, people write and yeah. people paint and people make movies because they actually enjoy the creative process. Right. Um, and age, well, I don't think it's terribly relevant. We've got quite a few film directors internationally my age who are yeah. still doing things. Um, and in some ways, I think age can be an advantage because in a simpler society, yeah. before we had radio, television, when people were probably sitting around at night, the people telling the stories would be the old folks. Right. Because they had all the stories. Yeah. So I think that's relevant from my point of view. Certainly. Nice. I'm just imagining that, that scene now. Um, now, so then, but having said that, Pat, it is... I am still quite astounded that you're able to do this. Do you have any health secrets or anything <laughs> you are doing that's contributing to your vitality? Well, no. I think I come from good, healthy stock, genetically. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah, I, can, I can thank my mum and dad for that, you know. Um, but um, I also think, you know, uh, a part of your, um, I believe in the, mind-body connection, yeah. and if you keep your mind active and you fully engage, then I think there's a payoff in, in your physical well-being as well. Well done. Well, I think your theory <laughs> is proving very correct. Now, you've also got some 
quite a st- that's the other thing that struck me. The support for, for you making the film was quite extensive. And you've got some great ex- actresses on so far. In your view, why, why, are they, why are they so supportive and wanting to help make this film? Well, the wonderful thing about that, which is really nice for me and for Robin, um, is that they read the script and they love it. Right, and they right. want to be part of it. And yeah. it's just, you know, it's sort of wonderful validation mm. for what you're doing. It's, you know, it's very exciting. That's great. And the actresses that are on board already, mm. I, I'm not a great film buff, but is it um, Helen Mulder? Yes. And Natalie Bolt. Yes, and we also have Luann Gordon. Great. And, and now she's just been on Hope and Wire, hasn't she? Yes. 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 Yeah, yes. she's quite striking in that. It's yeah. really, yeah. really no, taken she's, me. Um, yeah, I've worked with Luann on and off over the years on other people's projects, and um, she's a great person, and, you know, I'm looking forward to working with her again in a different role. That's great. Congratulations, Pat. Yeah. And now also you've got a very <coughs> large posse of family and friends supporting you, including your children, Robin yes. and Paul. Yeah. and. And even long-time friends that connect back to the Blurter days, this is quite a tribute to you. Why do you think they are wanting to help you make this film? Well, I just think, you know, they're family and friends, and that's what you do. But having said that, um, if if it was... um a rubbish script. I think they might quite. They might quietly go. Oh, look, love to do it, but I'm busy. <laughs> so there's that. But yeah, the, you know, um, I am very fortunate that I have a very large extended family and a whole bunch of friends who, you know, are extremely supportive. So you know, you can't get past that. No, but it's a good tribute to you. So you know, oh, well, you, like, you, like you say, you know, people might be off having a cup of tea. No, very exciting. <laughs> So just t- talking about the blurter days, and I think that was something else, just not quite being from the generation, you know, generation that was scraping the, the stories about blurter. Yeah. So blurter, for our listeners who, who don't know, are described as, as a legacy and our most original musical theatre troupe from the early 70s. Pat, you were a part of all this, and a lot of these people and their children are now helping you to do this film. Is there something that's kept this wonderful connection between you all? Well, I think um, Blurter sort of grew out of the 60s. Um, You know, we believed in the 60s that the whole world was changing and it was opening up and becoming more liberal. Mm. And there was a whole group of people connected, mostly through music, and then um, film, you know, was starting to be developed. Right. A few independent people. And um, so Blurter was a natural sort of growth out of that situation, I think. But it it actually was initiated by Bruno Lawrence, Mm -hmm. um, who in those days worked pretty much all the time as a musician. Right. Probably one of New Zealand's best drummers ever. Yeah, great. Um, And he he had a family, you know, um, and children, and a lot of the time he'd have to travel for his gigs. And he got sick of leaving his family behind. So one day he said, let's get a bus, get on the road, play some music and take the family as well. You know, like, who's in? And we went, yeah, yep. we're in. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. And that's sort of what, where it went. That's what yeah. you did. That's what we did, yeah. I mean, you know, in those days, you know, I had four children. and uh, Wow. 
our sister had four children. So we were the support system, you know, yeah. um, organising motor camps, meals, rari ra, and, you know, whatever else needed to be done. It was, But it was just the best holiday ever. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> the best extended holiday. Well, exactly, yeah. because you got this great music every night. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And what was New Zealand like back in those days, like travelling around and especially being part of a, a, a musical group? Uh, well, I mean, it was a bit startling, I think. Um, yeah. But, um, and some people, there was a sort of reaction, this colourful bus would roll into town and people would go, how are we going to get rid of these hippies, you know? Yeah. Um, but, of course, they had this genius thing they did, was they also um, created what was called the kids' shows. Right. So uh, I think the first one was possibly in Queenstown, on Queenstown Mall, you know, they, everyone was looking at us sideways. And then we went down to the mall and the band played kids' stuff, music, and actors got up and performed and, you know, all, all the kids would just gravitate to the scene and um, it was for free it was a gift to the town right, and yeah. you know it was just such a wonderful PR exercise and also out of that of course came um, Dance Around the World Right and and that was the, the big track that, that Bluter had Yeah 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 yeah. it was just brilliant PR you've got us <laughs> Amazing New Zealand story I don't think it's celebrated enough actually um, and just talking about that from a female perspective, one of the things that struck me was the, the management of that. And of course, I guess a lot of people would say that things like that could go so easily wrong. But it was you and your sister were in there and, and, and making sure that the money was managed well mm. and that everyone was fed. And that was over quite a long period of time on yep, and off. Yep, yes, we got to work quite a few motor camp kinches. Yes. <laughs> So I thought just even in that management as a woman, have you got something you could share with us that you, you learned out of that time or that, that's done you well? Uh, well, one thing I learned was don't do schnitzel for 50 people. <laughs> <laughs> that's very handy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> oh, that's great. What, what motor camp was that in? <laughs> I think it was somewhere down on the West Coast. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sand flies as well. Yeah. And so also, so you grew up in Wellington and, and when it was quite the opposite place to what is being coined as the creative capital now, hmm. and yet you became a founder and a pioneer with Blurter, what stimulated your own creative willingness to embark on this journey? Well, I guess it was being sort of on the fringes of it and watching people, other people make movies, telling their stories. Right. And after a while, you know, you're enjoying that process, but after a while you get to think, well, there are other stories out there, right. women's stories, and mm. let's tell them from a woman's perspective, you know. Um, and that, that was a sort of seed that was sown probably in the early 80s and um, eventually... I found a story that I thought I could make a movie out right. of this. And that's sort of what started me off, you know. So what was that movie, Pat? Uh, it was a little movie called Instincts, right. which was um, set in the 70s and um, was written by a good friend of mine, a little story she wrote, Helen Bollinger. And I said to her... Hellbowl? Yes, Hellbowl. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah, and um, I 
she sent us a story. We were doing short stories, you know, and, and right. she sent us a story. And I said, oh, can I make a movie out of this? And yeah. she went, yeah, okay. <laughs> and um, we got some Arts Council, well, Creative New Zealanders now, Arts, Arts Council money, and made this little film. It's fantastic. Yeah, it was the best fun. Yeah. I was like, wow, why wasn't I doing this before? So that started your... And, and is it like an addiction or is it just, just something that you want more of? Well, what? it is a bit addictive, but um, of course, you know, a lot of work goes into getting mm. a movie off the ground. So mm. it's not something you can go, oh, yeah, OK, next week I'll make another movie. Yeah. <coughs> You've actually... That's why I'm astounded that you're doing it now. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. oh well, because... Well, just because. <laughs> yeah, no, good on you. So just also talking about women in, in the film industry, and, you know, is is the film industry still quite male-dominated, a male-dominated point of view in, in your view? Well, apparently, yes. I don't know the statistics, but yeah. I have been told that um, worldwide at least there's only 8% of film directors are women. Wow. And that is quite a minority, isn't it? That is. So um, I think that's another reason for making a film. And yeah. you know, it's another reason why more women should be out there telling their stories. Mm. So do you think that there's... A, there, so obviously then there is a gap, but, but what what way do women tend to come at a film that, that may be different to the way men do? Well, that's a hard question. Yeah, I mean, and, and it might be hard to answer, actually, yeah. because, you know, we all do things in different yeah, ways. In different ways, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I just think that um, all any art form needs diverse voices, diverse points of view, yeah. um, and I think film is just the same. Um, we just want to hear stories from all sorts of different angles, mm. you know. Um, and I'm particularly interested in stories about real people, ordinary people, and I think they need to have their stories told. Yes, you and know. the interesting, crazy I mean, things that come out. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. The extraordinary it's things right. that happen to ordinary people. Yeah. You know, they don't have to be superheroes. They no. um, don't have to fly to Mars. They can actually just be in the house down the road or the village up the country somewhere and, yeah. Right, yeah, I love that. Extraordinary things that happen to ordinary people. Mm. Now, um, okay, so Pat, I think it sounds like you've had an amazing life, but what would you say one of your best experiences has been or something that you're really proud that you've achieved? Well, it's very hard to define your best mm. experiences because they are obviously many and varied. But um, and you know, if you're talking to a mother and a great grandmother, then yep. you know you have to say <laughs> the greatest. Uh, my the, the thing that thrills me the most is yeah. my five children who've all grown up to be absolutely fantastic people. You know, and you can't do better than that. You know, no. No, anything else, making movies is just sort of icing on the cake. That's right, but that's quite nice. I think the icing <laughs> always spices it up a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and then just talking about that back to Bluter, though, it just feels like there was a real creative gene pool that came out of that, that time, which, you know, really yeah. spawned some of New Zealand's best creative talent. Do you think the fact that people stepped away and were independent really created a, a almost like a, a, a gene pool of creativity in those that were involved? Well, I think uh, to a degree, but I think what happened was that um, up until 
the 60s, it was believed in New Zealand, if you wanted to do anything in the arts, you actually had to go overseas, regardless of whether it was music or painting mm. or whatever. And I think there was a whole generation of which we were all part of, of people saying, no, let's do it here. Yeah. And I think what we ha what happened was a lot of the talent actually stayed here and did it here mm. instead of feeling they had to go to London. Mostly I think they had to go to London or maybe New York. And um, and I think that was, you know, a change in the consciousness of, you know, the people. Yeah, and and just such a wonderful group of seeds to have planted. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. still still enlivened as we as we speak. Yeah. Um I didn't think we'd get time for this question, but I'm going to slip it in. <laughs> um so Pat, you're not living in Wellington now, but obviously you still come down a lot because your family is here and you're going to make the movie here, is absolutely, that absolutely. No, I have lived on and off most of my life in Wellington and for me it's still my hometown. You yeah. know, I think it's the best city in the country, possibly in the world. <laughs> And, um, but, but I, and this I is the announcer doing a little happy dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's yeah. a fabulous city. I mean, you know, you can walk from one end to the other and, and see most of the important stuff, you know. You don't have to drive for miles. It's the geography of the place, let's face it. It's got a beautiful yeah. harbour and it's got a small central area and that's perfect, I think, for a city, you know. It can't sprawl too much. No, no. Yes, and it keeps us all nice and close. Yes. Great. Indeed. Um, let's just go back to the film. Once we, once you've produced Food for Thought, what would your big dreams for this film be? Well, um, hopefully it would be accepted by film festivals worldwide yep. and it would be very nice for it to be screened also locally on one of the other television channels. Yes. Um, at the moment, mainstream television tends not to show short films, but uh, they used to in the past. Right. You never know. Maybe they could try it again. Yes, it would be lovely to see more good, good New Zealand content. Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> I, well, I think you know. I think um, because short films are being made all the time, mm. and I it occurred to me the other day. I thought, well, you know, maybe they could get a bit brave and once a week, you know, do a season of New Zealand short films. Set aside an hour maybe on a Sunday, of um, showcasing New Zealand shorts and just see whether the public are interested or not. Pat, I think that's a great idea. I really mm, do. But, um, yes. Yes. We'll see. We'll say yes. <laughs> um, just tell us where we can get more information about Food for Thought. So you've got a boosted site. And so your crowdfunding, which is an amazing... Yes. to do. Yes, it is indeed. Um, couldn't do it without my lovely daughter, Robin. No, we've got Robin smiling here, but you can't, you can't, you can't see her, but yeah, she's gorgeous. <laughs> yes, no, Robin has done a lot of work on this and set it up really well. Um, so we have a Facebook page and we have a boosted site. Great. And the boosted site is um, project slash food for thought, a short film. That's correct. Great. Yes. And Facebook, food for thought, short. That's, that's absolutely right. Great. There you go. Just as well. I, I did a bit of homework. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And if anyone wants to eat, oh, how many days have you got left for the crowdfunding campaign? We've got nine. Nine. Oh, awesome. You're doing really well, aren't you? You're, you're yeah, yeah. Uh, nearly two thirds, something yeah. like that. 63%. 
Great, fantastic. Well, congratulations. I can certainly see you honing in and on the finish line. And um, Pat, we wish you all the best. And I really look forward to seeing this film on screen. But now I am going to have to go and get the book <laughs> as well. <laughs> now we're going to play a track which is called, I love it, I've got it here somewhere, called Hit Us With The Truth, which it is actually a blurter song, but when I heard it, I loved it. So here's for you. Enjoy. And I hope you enjoy hearing Pat's story everybody have a lovely evening hit us with the truth thank you fill our jumbled minds with your clear thank you Pat empty <laughs> hit us with the truth fill our jumbled minds with your clear and empty Fill our jumbled minds with your clear and empty light. Hit us with the truth. Fill our jumbled minds. 